Thank you all again for coming out today. And now as I look out over the audience, I see Miss Bertha Ford sitting over there who's had both of her feet operated on in the past few months. Bertha's here today too, and so I want to make sure that I, that I mention her. We're glad all of these folks are back with us, but as Jason mentioned in his prayer just a minute ago, we still have a lot of folks very much in need of our prayers. Let us make sure that we do not forget them. I think it was John Denver way back in the 70s who sang a song that went, uh, Hey, it's good to be back home again. Well, it is. I'm glad to be back with you guys and uh, happy to be here this morning. When you're traveling and you're driving long distances at a time, you have time to think, and my lesson really this morning is about some things that I, I have been pondering on uh, over the last couple of weeks as we traveled. We live in a, in a day and age when people are calling for tolerance, tolerance for different ways of life and for, for different beliefs, and I'm not opposed to that. As a matter of fact, uh, generally speaking, I, I support it. I always try to treat everybody right. And it doesn't matter if I really agree with them or not. Many times I don't. If I see things the way they do or not, uh, sometimes I don't. Uh, it, where they're from, the color of their skin. I, I try not to ever let those things make, make any difference in, in how I'm going to treat somebody. I'm going to try to be good to them and, and get along with them uh, if they will let me. But more and more... In our age of tolerance, we in the Lord's church are becoming more willing to accept ways and practices and ideas that we, that we just don't see in the New Testament. I, I call it, and you won't, you won't find this in the Bible, so don't be looking for this phrase, I call it pushing the boundaries. Folks will say, well, there is no thou shalt not that you can show me in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say not to do this. Many times they are exactly right. At the same time, as we read our New Testaments, there is no mention of it, there's no command, there's no example of it. And so folks are willing to, to go beyond what we actually see in the New Testament. And again, I, I call it pushing the boundaries a little bit. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12 and in verse 2, he says there, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But many folks, good folks, wonderful people in the Lord's church today are saying, man, we've got to be a little more flexible. We've just been too rigid in the past. The world ha has changed. Now, there's no doubt about that. The world has changed, so we've got to change some with it. And I don't believe, this is my thoughts and my thoughts only, I don't believe that members of the church in 2019 are as willing as they once were to stand up to these kind of changes that were we're talking about. I, I believe at one time, Buck Hooten can remember these times, there would have been an uproar 
if people would have tried to to make a, a change in doctrine, a change in practice. But now it, it, it seems like we're just more willing to go along. It, it, we can avoid confrontation that way, keep the peace. And, and so we're more willing to play along. Members of the church are wanting those nice, soft, comfortable sermons that won't get on anybody's toes, uh, won't upset anybody. Everybody will go out the door feeling good about their self. And passages like Romans 3 and verse 23 where Paul tells us we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God, that's not well received now. Preacher, don't, don't tell everybody that they're a sinner. Well, that's what Paul did uh, in that passage. We're not perfect. Uh, the one talent man in Matthew chapter 25, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Folks just don't want to hear that kind of preaching today. It's too negative. And some elderships have actually told their preachers not to talk about things that, that might be considered negative. And so preachers, good men, good men, they, they want people to be happy. They're good men. Wanting to make everybody happy. Wanting to do what their elders instruct them to do. They won't talk about, they won't speak about subjects that might rub somebody the wrong way. Might make somebody uncomfortable. And the result of that, I believe, is that congregations who really need to hear those lessons. They need to hear those things. They're missing out on lessons that they really need to hear. And, I, and I, I don't see how that can be good, my friends, my brothers and my sisters. I don't see how that can be a good thing. More and more folks believe they've got to be entertained at church. My sister... My sister lives down in middle Georgia. And once you get south of Atlanta, it's finding a congregation is not as easy as it is around here. But she finally, uh, sometime back, she told me she was so happy when she talked about it, finally found a place where she was comfortable, she liked the people, good preacher, and she finally had found a place where she felt good about attending. And about a month ago, she told me, I'm concerned now about my congregation. The elders just made an announcement that they're going to start having two services. One will be traditional worship. One will be contemporary worship. Brothers and sisters, when we're talking about our worship here each first day of the week, those two words should not even be in the conversation. Traditional and contemporary. All we need to concern ourselves with is making sure it is scriptural. But folks will, will say, well now T.A., even this very day, you're practicing the traditions that you learned from your grandparents. Well, I'll concede that we're practicing what my grandparents did. Uh, that, that is true. But it has nothing to do with tradition. It's because 
we are looking at the pattern that we see in the New Testament and we're still doing the same thing. Tradition has nothing to do with it. Uh, singing Rocky Top at the UT games, that, that's a tradition. The Arkansas Razorback fans holler, Pig Suey! That's a tradition. What we do is because it's what we see in the New Testament. That's what we've got to concern ourselves with. And I'm sorry to say that I believe the word contemporary is just another word for being entertained. The old book chapter and, and verse lessons are just not good enough anymore. They're being replaced by philosophy and interesting stories and drama. <laughs> I have no problem with a good story that helps to make a point. I have no problem with that. But there's got to be some scripture in there somewhere. If we say, if we say that we are preaching the gospel, then there's got to be some gospel in there. Doesn't that make sense? Back at the first of the month, first of June, uh, College Grove had their gospel meeting. And I went up there a couple of nights to support them. And one night, it was the last night of the meeting, as a matter of fact, I was up there, and Elmer Bell, who's their, their preacher, he walked over to me and he handed me this. And he said, I think this applies to you and me. And after he had said it, I could see in his face, he was thinking, whoa, did I say the right thing there? He was afraid I'd be offended by it, but I was not. In fact, I take it as a compliment. The title of this thing is, <laughs> I Know I'm a Dinosaur. I preach too long and a little bit hard. I believe heaven is real and hell is hot. That every bit of the Bible is God's infallible word. Sometimes I am mocked and ridiculed and considered to be irrelevant. I'm getting old and I'm tired and sometimes the world, such as it is, makes me sad. But I am just an old-fashioned gospel preacher. I wasn't offended by that. That's a compliment. We have to continue to preach the gospel and not worry so much about being entertained. If we feel like we've got to be entertained in order to come to worship service, we need to go home and take a good long look in the mirror Take a look at ourselves. Why are we there in the first place? Are we there to worship God or to be entertained? Now, I agree. We don't need to try to make people mad. We're not looking to be a wise guy and, and, and offend people and, and hurt their feelings. We're not trying to do that. We need to avoid it if we can. At the same time, I don't believe we can go along with the winds of change just to make everybody happy. We'd love to have everybody happy, absolutely. We'd love for this building to be packed every single Sunday. That's what we want. But not if we have to get away from the New Testament to, to make that happen. When we get the folks in here, we've got to teach them the Bible. We're, we're filing short if we don't. And, and I believe we'll answer for it. If we get visitors and, and people from the community and people who are traveling, if they come to visit us and, and they're here at our congregation 
and we don't teach them the Bible, we will answer for that, I believe, in eternity. If we have a visitor at our service, we're always going to welcome them, are we not? One of the great things about, about you, one of the great things that you do, when you have a visitor, you go shake their hand, you go speak to them and you talk to them and, and that's important, that's a great thing. It makes them feel welcome. But if we have that visitor here and we know that they've never obeyed the gospel and we're afraid to tell them that the New Testament requires water baptism for remission of sins. We're afraid to say that. We're afraid to mention Revelations 2 and verse 10. Be faithful till death and you'll receive a crown of life. We won't say those things because we know they don't want to hear it. Is, is that good? Is that a good thing? I don't see how it can be. We need to be as polite and as courteous as we can. Absolutely, for sure. But in doing so, we have to teach the Bible. And everybody in this room knows that. Everybody in this room knows that that is the case. I could be making you uncomfortable even right now because you may be thinking... Oh man, T.A. T.A.'s about to start something now. Well, I promise you I'm not looking for trouble. I promise you I'm not. I'm just saying that we've got to teach the Bible. We don't have to be mean and ugly about it, but we do have to teach the Bible. I believe, and I say this out of concern, that is my only motivation this morning. I'm not trying to be a wise guy or stir anything up. I say this out of concern for our congregation and the church as a whole. The church is conforming to the world. We are giving in to the things that we see round about us that maybe are not scriptural. And, and I... And I worry about it sometimes. You take these big long road trips, you got too much time to think. Now I worry about it. I worry about Bethel. I worry about the church and the direction that we might be going. We're, we're getting too willing to, to push those boundaries. Are we going to keep preaching and teaching the New Testament plan that we've done, Bethel's done for 155 years? Or will we allow those unscriptural changes to creep, creep into our congregation. In Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul called the Ephesian elders down to Miletus to meet with him. And, and in verse 29, this is part of what he said. I know this. After my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves, men will rise up. Did you notice that? Among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things that draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to, notice the word, warn everyone night and day with tears. Now, I know we're close to the Apostle Paul, that's, that's for sure. But like him, I am concerned about these things. We've got to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be overtaken by the wolves. 
we must not stick our head in the sand and pretend that this couldn't happen here because it could. And from time to time, like Paul, I feel the need to warn you about these things. We must not go the way that so many other congregations have and allow ourselves to get away from the New Testament. Is it, is it biblical? That's all that should matter to us. You know, when uh, we're talking about confrontation, we're not looking for a confrontation. We're not looking for any problems with anybody. But if we look in the book of Acts and we see the Apostle Paul on his missionary trips, what we see is that when he would go into a new town, he would go down to the Jewish synagogue. The Jews had the Old Testament. They knew the prophecies about the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. They just didn't believe that Jesus was him. So Paul would go down there. They knew those Old Testament prophecies. Here's a prophecy about the Messiah. You know that it is. Here's how Jesus fulfilled it. He must have been the Messiah. The King James Version says that he would dispute with them. The New King James translates that as as he, he reasoned with them. Here's... Here's that prophecy. Here's the fulfillment. He, he reasoned with them. And I believe it is reasonable for us to say that when the New Testament gives us a direct command, all we can do is comply with it. That's all we can do. At the end of the first gospel sermon, the audience asked men and brethren, what shall we do? And the answer was, Peter has simply told them, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. All we can do is comply with that. And we can look at the examples that we have in the New Testament. What were they doing in the first century? What, were, what was the, the, the early church doing? The apostles were still there in those days. They were still guided by the Holy Spirit. They must have been doing it right. If we do what they did, we must be doing it right. I, I believe it is reasonable to say that. If we do what they did, it must be the right way. And I'll finish up by saying this. And watching what is happening, I think, in the... In the Methodist church, I think, has got me thinking on these things. They're, they may very well split. If the Bible says that something is a sin, we have to be willing to say that it is as well. In our day... Fornication, adultery, same-sex marriage, and we could go on and on and on with that list, obviously. Those things have, have kind of become the accepted way. And people have become very, very tolerant uh, of these things. I mean, it's all around us, you know. We, we're used to it. And so people are, are becoming tolerant of those things. The Bible says that they are sin. We have to be willing to say that they, that they are. 
not because not because we hate anybody. We don't we don't we don't hate anybody. It's not because we're trying to give them a hard time. It's because we love their souls. If they continue in that way of life, they're going to lose their soul, and we know that. We would like to help them see the error of their ways and find the way to Jesus Christ and go to heaven. That's what we want them to do. We don't hate them. We love their soul. We want them to go to heaven. That's our only motivation. We don't hate anybody. And so, yes, be as kind as you can. Be as polite as you can. And tell them what the Bible says. <laughs> In all of my years over at Lazy Boy, people would come to me, Hey, Smith, we've got a Bible question for you. Okay. But if you ask me something about the Bible, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear now. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. and they Know that before you ask now. <laughs> be kind. Tell them what the Bible says. This morning, if you're not a Christian, the New Testament teaches us that if we want to obey the gospel, become a Christian, have a chance to go to heaven, we need to repent of our sins. We need to confess our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We need to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. If you have never made that commitment, you can do it this very day, and we'll help you. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel and maybe were a faithful Christian for a time, but that is no longer the case with you. If you're willing to repent of those things that caused you to stray, you can ask for the prayers of the faithful and be restored while we stand and sing.